Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 2nd of June. Health experts and government ministers have held crisis talks overnight to work out whether to extend Victoria's COVID lockdown. An official announcement is expected sometime today, with authorities very concerned about how highly contagious the new Indian strain is. Yesterday, there were three new cases recorded in Victoria, but health experts say these latest infections have been picked up through fleeting encounters with little or no physical contact. Here is COVID-19 commander Jerome Weimer. This is stranger-to-stranger transmission. They don't know each other's names, uh, and that's very different from where we've been before. It's not one or two. We now have at least four instances in this cluster of 54 where people who are unknown to each other Meantime, there are fears the Victorian COVID cluster has now spread to New South Wales after a COVID-positive person visited the state while potentially infectious. New South Wales health authorities have released an urgent alert overnight after it was revealed the confirmed case travelled from Melbourne to a number of locations across New South Wales on the 23rd and 24th of May, including Hyams Beach, Vincentia and Jervis Bay on the south coast and then Goulburn in the southern Tablelands. A number of exposure sites has now been listed, with pop-up testing clinics being set up in the area. Meantime, a war of words has erupted over the federal government's vaccine rollout in aged care. The aged care minister, Richard Colbeck, under fire at the Senate estimates hearing after failing to confirm exactly how many aged care residents or staff had received their COVID vaccines. Can the Commonwealth tell us how many staff have been vaccinated with uh, a first or second dose. It's actually going through a process to make sure that okay, we, so when we get will the you data. Know? Well, Senator, you can, you can get your Facebook moment. That's fine. I'm not asking but, after but we, 655 people died Order. last year. Meantime, the Australian Nursing and Midwifery Federation says they are shocked that federal authorities have not been keeping reliable data on how the vaccine rollout is going within aged care homes. And some positive news this morning out of the UK. For the first time since the height of the pandemic, no new COVID deaths have been recorded across all four nations of the United Kingdom. Health authorities say it shows that the vaccines are clearly working to save lives and stop COVID infections. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and back to Victoria and with the state facing the possibility of an extended lockdown, a vaccination blitz is starting today in the aged care and disability sectors. So far, there have been three COVID cases linked to aged care in the latest outbreak. As David Dolan reports, workers who are yet to be jabbed will be top priority at a number of vaccination hubs. That's right, Tash. There's a real concern at the moment about the low vaccination rates among aged care workers, especially those at privately run facilities. So over the next five days, they can walk straight into Melbourne's Royal Exhibition Building, Jeff's Shed, Sandown Racecourse, the showgrounds and the old Ford factory in Geelong and get the vaccine straight away. Here's the aged care minister, Luke Donnellan come out, we'll give you a priority lane so it makes it quicker and easier, get through it um, in a speedier time because we very much want to ensure we're protecting those vulnerable people in both the aged care facilities and the disability sector from COVID-19. 
While Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt says a review will also take place into making the vaccine compulsory for aged care staff. And to WA, and experts are investigating another breach in hotel quarantine. A returned traveller has tested positive to COVID after catching the virus from an infected guest staying in the room next door. Our reporter Adam Hemmings has the details from Perth. Tash, it's the second time someone has caught COVID at the Pan Pacific. His case has been confirmed after the recent introduction of a test on the 13th day of quarantine. Now, as you mentioned, both men were in rooms next to each other and it's been revealed both were at the end of a corridor. WA Health says it will now limit the use of rooms at the end of hotel floors after a similar transmission in South Australia. And a COVID case and a cargo ship crew member has now been deemed as historic. It was initially taken off the Allegra on Sunday, but he's now been discharged from hotel quarantine and is back on board the vessel that's docked at Quinana Port in Perth South. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Now, the Australian economy could be back bigger than before COVID when the crucial GDP numbers are released today. Yeah, Tash, good morning. And it would be spectacular news if it comes true. We don't yet know those numbers, but either way, we'll be really, really close. And this is important, right? We've talked about the growth of the economy, the recovery, the bounce back from the lows. That's all been really, really good. But it doesn't really matter until you get back bigger than you were. You know, if you fall 20% and come back 15, the recovery is impressive, but you're still behind. In this case, it may well be if the numbers come in the way we think they might, we might just be bigger than back before COVID. Add that to reducing unemployment and economic growth elsewhere. Hopefully, this is a day we can kind of put in the diary and say we finally got back better than where we were when we went into the pandemic. And speaking of booms, is the skyrocketing Australian house price market ever going to stop? Australian house prices increasing another 2.2% in May. It is amazing. Only this time last month, we were talking about the fact that maybe some heat was coming out of the growth. The growth rate had slowed, believe it or not, to 1.8% a month, which was saying something at the time. But as you say, it's re-accelerated in May back to a 2.2% growth. Now 10% higher, speaking of before the pandemic, 10% higher than before we went into COVID, which again is just a, a remarkable set of stats. Now, interest rates are lower. We should have actually had higher house prices if you do, if you do the maths. The question, of course, is whether they're sustainable and what it means for people who are locked out of the housing market. And that's the big policy question, I think, for the RBA, for the government, for other regulators is, you know, it makes some sense that RBA is keeping rates low. That's going to put upward pressure on house prices. But the poor people who are locked out of the market who are signing up for sky-high mortgages, it's a tough set of policy outcomes, given what we've been over the last 12 months. Yeah, and speaking of booms, if we can't afford that house in many of the capital cities around the country and we need that extra money, (laughs) all of those Pokemon collector cards that I'm sure you've got plenty of are worth quite a bit at the moment. Can I tell you, I didn't collect them myself. I'm a little bit too old for that, but my young bloke has got plenty. I'm going to raid the box after after I finish with you this morning. Uh, Look, cards are being sold for up to $370,000 each. That's American, by the way, so I call it the best part of half a million bucks. Uh, It is just phenomenal. In fact, the new sets that are being printed, you can't even buy them in stores. They have been pre-sold. People are literally putting in orders before the cards are even printed. The manufacturers can't keep up with demand, 
And apparently it's all about the pandemic, shutting our houses and doing our own thing right around the world. We've rediscovered Pokemon cards, it turns out, and we're paying a small fortune, particularly for the first edition cards, as I said, well and truly over well, almost half a million dollars Australian for some of those first edition Charizard cards. For those of us who know what Charizard is, yeah. um, 370000 US dollars. And the demand is just continuing. They're selling unopened boxes of prize cards from Maccas for $1,000 a pop. It is frankly getting out of control. Too much time on their hands, one may say. <laughs> exactly. Thanks so much, Scott. Have a great day. Thanks, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. A three-set scare for Ash Barty in the first round of the French Open on quite a good night for the Aussies. Yes, good morning, Tash. It was a three-set scare for Ash Barty. She had some injury concerns. Going back to the Aussie Open, she had strapping on her thigh. That appears to have been the issue. She was playing uh, Bananda Pera last night, the world number 70. She needed a medical timeout as she dropped that second set. Thankfully, she fought through that, won the third set 6-2, but uh, she did admit to nine it wasn't an easy match. I just keep fighting. I uh, just keep trying, trying, try and stay in the match as long as possible and, and you never know. And I was able to build a little bit more pressure in that third set. So let's hope uh, in between matches she has a bit of time to recover and get back to full fitness. Uh, three other Aussies won through this morning. Alex Dimonor, uh won through. James Duckworth and Astra Sharma from Perth. Unfortunately, Alexi Poprin uh, couldn't upset Rafa Nadal, who's won this tournament uh, so many times, a dozen times, uh, knocked out in straight sets. So some good results, but a bit of a concern there for Ash Barty last night. Yeah, we wish her all the best. And Victoria will be footy-free, Brit, as the AFL finally reveals the reshuffled fixture for this weekend with the COVID crisis. Yes, we were waiting on this, and it appears the final hurdle uh, is that Collingwood has been granted exemption to fly to South Australia to play the Crows this weekend. Now, Sydney has come to the AFL's rescue. We've got a few matches uh, moved there this weekend. The Lions and Demons, the top four blockbuster, now no longer in Alice Springs. That'll be at Giants Stadium on Friday night. The Saints and Swans will face off at the SCG on Saturday, and their co-captain Jack Steele believes time on the road could help them push for the finals. Absolutely. I feel like getting the, the group closer together and getting a bit of connection back amongst us is definitely you know going to give us opportunity to perform better on the field. So... And then we've got uh, the Blues and the Eagles playing off at the SCG on Sunday as well. So uh, Sydney um, will have a, a few four matches this weekend. We'll see how the fans turn out. And to the NRL, Brett, Queensland's most experienced forward is free to play in the Origin opener next Wednesday. Yes, this is a Felice Cafusi fronted the NRL's judiciary last night on a tripping charge. He denied kicking out at Broncos hooker Jake Turpin. It looked bad on the vision, but he didn't make contact with Turpin. So uh, that might have been what convinced the jury to uh, let him off. Uh, now, Kalen Ponga, we're hearing that he's in serious doubt now, probably won't play for Queensland next week, faces a fitness test today. So all eyes on Kalen Ponga. Uh, Cole Felt would come onto the wing. Val Holmes would go to fullback if he is ruled out. Let's hear from Maroons coach Paul Green about their preparations. Now it's been switched from Melbourne to Townsville. Our travel arrangements won't change. As soon as I heard it might have been Townsville, I got them to book the right the place to yeah. stay. You know, we'll get on the training ground when we need to. So, And having you know lived up there for as long as I did, you know, I've got a fair idea how the joint works. I, I don't think it'll be a big change at all for us. And a couple of big stories to finish up. Cronulla has signed Nico Hines from the Melbourne Storm, the hottest off-contract player in the NRL at the moment. Been in sensational form for Melbourne on a three-year deal. The Broncos, the Warriors, the Raiders were chasing him. And Jeff Brown, the former boss of Channel 9, has confirmed he will launch a takeover bid for the Collingwood presidency. He'll speak to Mark Court.
reporter who's only been in the hot seat for a couple of months about a peaceful takeover. So watch this space. Plenty going on at the Pies, Tash. Always plenty happening in sport. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. And it's state versus state, mate versus mate. And it seems there is certainly no love lost between the Queensland and New South Wales premiers ahead of the Origin opener next week. Anastasia Palaszczuk is refusing to reveal just how much it cost the state to secure Game 1 in Townsville, with reports out of New South Wales that the Queensland government paid up to $8 million. Um, I am not revealing any details. I understand New South Wales are whinging. Um, and you'd expect that from New South Wales. They're good at whinging, and that's all I ever hear is whinge, whinge, whinge from New South Wales. Don't mind a bit of whinging. The series opener will be held on June 9. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day, and we look forward to seeing you bright and early tomorrow. Listener.